Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. As you probably know, we have come now to the third of Paul's lists of nine items in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. That is, each of the three lists contains nine items. And the first list was a list of hardships and trials and sufferings that Paul himself experienced as a minister of Jesus Christ. Nine things that he mentions and indicates that many of these are going to be our hardships as well. But he talks about tribulations, needs, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, Tumults, labors, sleeplessness, fasting. Paul endured all of that for the sake of Christ and did so gladly, counting it a privilege to be able to suffer like this for the sake of Christ. But that's the first list of nine. The second list in verses 6 and 7 are nine graces needed to overcome suffering. If suffering is going to be part of our lot in life, then what do we need to be able to overcome it, to endure it, to have victory over it, to persevere through it. And what we're going to need in verses 6 and 7 is by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So that's list number two. But now we've started into the third list, and that's a series of paradoxes that third list is a series of pairs. The first two lists were nine single items. Each item, one, well, I started to say each item is one word, but some of them were more than one word. But each each item was one thing. <laughs> but as we come to this list of paradoxes, we find every one of the nine are two things, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true, and so forth, right on through the list. And so these are a little bit different, but we need to understand what Paul has for us here. The first list applies primarily to Paul himself and his ministry, the hardships which he endured, though by implication he is telling us that we may endure many of the same. The second list, the graces needed to overcome suffering, applies not only to Paul but to all ministers of the gospel— and really to all Christians as well, but particularly to ministers of the gospel. This is what you're going to need to have a good gospel ministry, purity, knowledge, long-suffering, and so forth, the Holy Spirit, sincere love. But, of course, all of these do have application for all believers as well. But this third list of paradoxes clearly applies to everyone, 
And so we're getting right down to the nitty-gritty. I hope you are prepared to listen and to benefit as we study this list of paradoxes together. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, February 17, and thanks, thanks, thanks for supporting us financially, which is the only way that we can continue teaching on this station. Nine paradoxes of the Christian life, and four of them are paradoxes of reputation, and five of them are paradoxes of circumstances. And so, first of all, the four paradoxes of reputation, we took up the first one on the broadcast yesterday, which I called the foibles of honor. By honor and dishonor. Both. <laughs> some, some honor, some dishonor. You've got to be prepared for both. It's not going to be all honor. It's not going to be all applause. It's not going to be all approval. It's not going, all going to be appreciation. You're going to have some of that, no doubt, in your Christian life. Thank God for that. But there are also going to be some negatives, some of them pretty strong, pretty severe. By honor and dishonor, you're not always going to be honored. Sometimes you are going to be dishonored. You're not always going to be respected. Sometimes you're going to be disrespected. You're not always going to be appreciated. Sometimes it's going to be clear that you are very much not appreciated and they wish you weren't around. Because, as Jesus told his disciples, that's the way they treated him. Some honored him, some dishonored him. And the problem, said Jesus, is not with you necessarily. It certainly wasn't with him. What was wrong with him? What fault was there in him? None whatsoever. So why would anyone dishonor him? The problem wasn't with him. It was with them. He told us what the problem is. He said the problem is that the world cannot understand nor appreciate a child of God. They couldn't understand or appreciate Christ, the sinless one, the perfect one, the gracious one, the loving one, the kind one, in ways that are far higher than we'll ever be able to attain to, though we endeavor to have those qualities in our life as well. But the world dishonored him, the perfect one, filled with love, filled with grace, filled with kindness, filled with benefits for those around him, and yet they dishonored him. So why should we be surprised if they dishonor us? I'm afraid there are too many Christians that are thin-skinned. You've heard the phrase snowflakes, people that just melt at the slightest thing. That phrase is usually applied in the more political sense, but it applies here as well. There's some people who are just so dependent upon being supported and approved by others that the slightest frown, the slightest bit of disapproval is like sunshine on a snowflake. It just melts them away. It makes, turns them into a puddle. It makes them no good for anything. You better get over that by the help and grace of God. By honor and dishonor, and the second one is certainly related to it, by evil report and good report. If the first one talks about the foibles of honor, you can't count on it. People are fickle. The second one talks about the shallowness of human opinion, what people say about you. About you. This is more what they say behind your back, in most cases, than to your face. When it comes to honor and dishonor, that's something that's more open and public. They were either honoring you or dishonoring you. 
in an open way, but now what they say about you by evil report and good report. This is what other people are saying to other people about you. Not necessarily in your hearing, not necessarily behind your back, but or not necessarily to your face, but rather behind your back. It's what people are reporting to others of their opinion of you. And some will commend you, and some will condemn you. And there are oftentimes more condemning reports than commending reports. But the real question is not what did they say, but why did they say it? People who love God and love truth should be those who will commend you because they recognize that you are one who loves God and loves truth. And that will draw commendation out of those who are of the same nature. But for those who hate truth, there's going to be condemnation if they sense that you love truth. You love it. They hate it. You love righteousness. They hate righteousness. You love justice. They hate justice. You love love mercy and and kindness and love, and that's opposite what they are. And so, just like the first one, the foibles of honor, so when it comes to human opinion, the only report that really matters is God's. Some people will give you a good report to others. Some will give you a bad report to others. And don't be one of these people that just can't stand it unless you find out what other people are saying about you. What did he say? What did she say? I've got to know. I've got to know. I've got to know. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You don't need to know. Ask God to help you to get over the need to be constantly well-spoken of. Because if that's a need in your life, you are going to be... Dis, disoriented most of the time. You're not going to be able to be much good most of the time. Because for a Christian, life is made up of both good reports and evil reports. That is bad reports. And you better get ready for it. You better get ready for it. Don't let it destroy you. Yes, I remember I had a a member of my church years ago, in the early years, who since moved on to other locations, and now is with the Lord. But he was a very wise man, a very godly man, and he said to me one time, I had to learn a long time ago, he also was involved in Christian work, though not, not as a pastor. He was actually the administrator of a Christian school in our area. And he said, I had to learn a long time ago to just, give my reputation to God. I can't worry about, I can't be concerned about what others think about me and what others say about me. My reputation is in God's hands. That is such an important lesson to learn. If God wants me to have favor with certain people, he'll give me favor with those people. And that's not for my my glory, my honor, my... my uh, to boost me and make me feel good about myself. If God gives me a good reputation with certain people, that's to be used for his glory. He gave that to me so that I can have an effective ministry with them. 
But if God gives me a bad reputation with certain people, if that's not deserved, if I have a bad reputation not because of anything that I have done, then I just have to live with that and say, God, if you want them to think differently, you'll cause them to think differently. And if you don't, that's okay. They'll stand before you someday and give an account for what they have said, the gossip they have spread, the slander they have done. I can't be responsible for that. I, there's no way that I, can, that I can control that. There have been a few times when some disgruntled person has posted some harsh things about our church on, online, on Facebook or some other place. And that has gotten some of our members all, all upset. Oh, did you, did you see what so-and-so posted? Oh, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Nothing. We can't control it. We can't, we can't respond to it. We can't answer it. We're not going to go on a crusade to try to make everybody understand that isn't true, even though it isn't true. Very, very much it is a lie. It is a slander. It is very much not true. But we'll just go on doing right, speaking truth, reflecting Christ, demonstrating grace and love and long-suffering and kindness, and the people who want to believe a bad report are going to do it regardless of what we're doing, and the people who are true seekers of truth will find out the truth, and they're not going to believe the false report. And all of that's out of my hands. And that's out of your hands, too. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Understand not only the foibles of honor, but the shallowness of human opinion. Don't get too hung up on what people say about you. It really is out of your control, and it really doesn't matter. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.